now, from the last house on the left, it's the IGN Digigods. Please welcome two men who are just not that into you, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. The reason that that's not a listener-supplied opening is because you wrote it. That's why it's hilarious. Oh, yes. Hilarious. So, Mark, how was your week? Uh, how was my week? I don't know. I didn't expect you to say that. I know. You, you handed did. me a couple things, though, before we started. Isn't that what they always say on talk shows? How was your week? Oh, my week was fine. What if it's a daily show? How was your day? <laughs> what, if it's, what, if it's an, what if it's a telethon? <laughs> how was your minute? <laughs> Now, what uh, is this thing that you have? Oh, look at this. Starting today, swap any DVD yes, you want. That's from last that, – that, now, that today is last week. That's not today today. That's – you know, this is about a week old. But it's worth it. Now Now you can swap. Go ahead. Finish reading. Uh, if you go to DVD2, number 2, BLU.com, DVD2Blue, DVD number 2, BLU.com, uh, that is a Warner Brothers site, and you can swap any DVD – with its uh, Blu-ray, and there's a for four ninety-five each. That's not bad. That's a good deal. That's a very good deal, and it's and it's. Uh, but the titles are good. They got Grand Torino. This is, this is augmenting the original swap system that Warner Brothers introduced a few months back. Now so they have. Now you can. They're they're going full blown swap like any DVD. Well, they have over hundred Blu-ray titles are available, including yeah. Grand Torino, V mm-hmm. for Vendetta, Superman Two, Wedding Crashers, The Shining. And several other favorites. Boy, when they say several other favorites, that's not, I know. That's not a sell job. And several other favorites. But you know what? Go to DVD2Blue.com. Totally. And uh, again, for four ninety five, you can um, swap the DVD for the Blu-ray. Pretty swanky. And uh, some of these movies are good. They're very good. So anyway, uh, just a quick plug. We are, uh, we're all over the place. We do this podcast. We do Stupid for Movies, web TV show, which is also podcast downloadable every Thursday evening uh, or most Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Pacific time on stupidformovies.com. You can also download it anytime you want. You can catch me occasionally a couple of times a month, sometimes once a month on Film Week, which is also a podcast, or uh, that's available at SC. Um, pr.org, Southern California Public Radio, scpr.org. Uh, you can see Mark's wonderful work at E! Online. Not that you get credit for a lot of it, but you're the man. You're, I, the, I, you're the top honcho over there. I get credit for none of it, actually. Yeah, that's too bad. And then we have a Facebook page for Stupid for Movies and for the Digigods. And uh, there's also stupidformovies.com. There's also youtube.com slash streamandgarage or uh, Stupid for Movies. But producer Mike wants everybody to go to Stream and Garage on YouTube now. But uh, there's a very good interview that I did with uh, director Dan Ireland that you should check out over there for his movie Jolene, which is quite an epic odyssey how, to get that, how we got that movie released. And now we should move on to DVDs. You can email us, by the way, at gods at digigods.com. We've got some uh, listener mail that we'll be reading later on. Getting, getting a lot of good listener mail, a lot of new, new, uh, new listeners, which is always nice. Um, Mark, we got a couple of Blu-rays this week, which are legendary. Wait, we, uh, we do? Yes, we do. Ooh, look what we have. Wait, is this the... Uh, no, are you that's, talking that's about tele- this? That, no, that's television. That's our TV pile. Okay. You, you, you had to pay attention as I was sorting all this stuff out. You no, know, this week you did not sort anything out. This week you took it out of the box and put it on my table. It was and sorted. Said, it was already sorted. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. I, I spent some time this afternoon. Wow. I put some work in. It's kind of. I was kind of goofing on you. No, there. no, no. I, I put some work in today. All right. Uh, are you talking this pile? No. What I'm talking about, first off, one of the most beautiful Blu-rays I have seen in ages. Ooh. You hate this movie, don't you? No, I don't. Don't you? It's about okay. Nazis. Oh, there we go. You love movies about Nazis. It's not about Nazis. It's got Nazis in it. We are talking about The Sound of Music, combination Blu-ray DVD set from uh, 20th Century Fox. It is the 45th anniversary edition, which is the last one you will probably get until five years from now when you get that whopping 50th anniversary edition that will come actually with pieces of Julie, uh, uh, Julie Andrews in the box. <laughs> Really. So what will happen is, uh, God forbid she dies between yeah. now and the 50th anniversary. They'll chop her up. She'll be and cremated then, or chopped up. They'll, they'll, you'll, you'll, they'll, they won't even cremate. They'll just put pieces of her in each uh, each special edition box. It'll be great. 
a little fingernail and a little vocal cord here. Oh, look, a piece of uh, a piece of oh, piece of her liver. No, this is uh, you know what? I am not a fan of Rodgers and Hammerstein. Never was. I was always a Lerner and Lowe guy. But I got to tell you, Sound of Music is one of my favorite films of all time. I mean, it is absolutely stunning. If you've ever seen this film projected in 70 millimeter, which it was shot in 65, so you know you're you're seeing the the truest representation of the film. It is transcendent. It is unbelievably moving and powerful and overwhelming and wonderful in every imaginable way. Uh, Best Picture of 1965, which was an incredible year. You know, it was pretty much an unfair year for every movie competing for Oscars because you had The Sound of Music against um, Dr. Zhivago in 1965. Like, how is that even a fair fight? Oh, Sound of Music all the way. But, I mean, those two films took everything. Sound of Music swept all the biggies, and then Dr. Zhivago cleaned up everything else, and there, was, there, were, there were no scraps on the table for any other movies that year. But anyway, this is breathtaking. Now, The Sound of Music has been a great DVD set for a number of years, but this, I watched this straight through, pristine Blu-ray, one of the most gorgeous Blu-ray transfers I have ever seen. The blacks are black, the blues are blue, the colors are crisp. And you still preserve that wonderful 70-millimeter grain. I just think they did. I mean, normally I'm not kind to Fox with their Blu-rays. But, man, this is just fantastic. Uh, 7.1 DTS HD audio, just unbelievable. Lots of uh, Blu-ray uh, special features on here that will just – it's wonderful. I mean, tons and tons of stuff on the making of the film, the, the locations in Austria – uh, there's a wonderful new intera- interactive backlot tour called uh, Musical Stages Creating the Sound of Music, which is, it has featurettes in the songs and uh, how they restored the, the film and its music for the, um, for the Blu-ray, stuff on the real Von Trapp family. It is, it's just absolutely wonderful. And if you've ever been to Salzburg, you'll get a huge kick. Even if you haven't, you'll get a huge kick out of this little virtual map on the filming locations. Uh, but especially if you've been there, you can sort of go, wow, they shot it there and there and there. It's tremendous. Screen tests, on and on and on and on. It is. Uh, this is just a happy time for all. Happy so what, time for so all. What you're saying is you like it. Oh my gosh! It's one of the great. This this should be a must on everybody's Christmas list. Wow. Yeah, a must. But you know what else should be a must? Uh, something else you won't be giving me. Oh, that's correct. You see, you see, Mark. Wow, it's a big guy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, as that music tells us, The Bridge on the River Kwai, Collector's Edition on Blu-ray. This has been so, so eagerly awaited for so long. Uh, Now that we have this, I think we can fairly say that Lawrence of Arabia is on its way sometime next year. Not the end of this year. They're going to let, as long as David Lean epics are going... You know, this is this is kind of wetting their appetite, and the, the this is Columbia. It's the same company, so you know, some, Columbia, Sony. They're this that music. I wonder if they want to see. Hang on, hang on. I wonder if okay. they want to see. That's what... all right. And, oh. and now the music's going down. So I just wanted to hear a little bit more Colonel Bogey. Okay. Okay. My here's my point. Yes. I wonder if they want to see what the uh, public reaction is to this transfer. Because if it's a great transfer, then maybe they'll do whatever they did for Lawrence this of is, Arabia. This is a pretty great transfer. It's not, it's not as mind-boggling as The Sound of Music. But bear in mind, the difference between the two films is that uh, widescreen didn't really emerge until 1956. Uh, Bridge in the River Kwai, you know, the widescreen formats, the, the 70-millimeter formats. Um, didn't really emerge until 19... Todd A.O. and CinemaScope and all that stuff. That sort of exploded in 1956 with Around the World in 80 Days, which was uh, the first widescreen Best Picture winner and shot in Todd A.O. The next year was uh, Bridge in the River Kwai. So this is... The Bridge in the River Kwai comes very early in that cycle. Uh, and then by 65, you know, everything is in beautiful, pristine, full swing. So um, it's not as brilliant looking as The Sound of Music, but it's awfully, awfully, awfully damn good. And uh, this is a great collector set because it comes with all kinds of fun stuff, a a 32-page booklet that's kind of, you know, this blows away the Warner Brothers booklets by a mile, and uh, tons of little cool little uh, behind-the-scenes, like lobby card things, Uh, the original 1957 souvenir booklet, uh, just the the lobby card replicas are are fabulous too it's really fun uh, to see sort of how they promoted the film Uh, great archival audio of William Holden narrating the premiere which is I love all that old stuff 
Oh, I yeah. I love those premiere, those premiere newsreel yep. things. Really fun stuff. Um, and uh, there's a picture and graphics track here called Crossing the Bridge, which I don't recommend using. It just kind of gimmicks up a movie that doesn't need it. The bottom line here is, oh, and there's a Steve Allen show. Um, bit on here for, with uh, William Holden and Alec Guinness. I love Steve Allen. Pretty great. But, you know, all that is beside the point. This is, this is a brilliant classic film, and you can see it in Blu-ray the way it was meant to be seen. Probably looks even better than it, d- it does when you see it projected. It is just fabulous. And the 5.1 audio, amazing. Uh, get this one for Christmas as well, or, or Hanukkah, or whatever else you're going to ho- celebrate this holiday season. This is brilliant. Unbelievable. Best picture of 1957. So today, Blu-rays of the best pictures of 1957 and 1965. How about that? It means that uh, the studios are taking Blu-ray more seriously. Either that, or this is the, Very la- much so. this is the last big push before they just dump it forever. I don't think they're going to. I mean, I really the, – the, the labor of love that I have seen going into a lot of these Blu-rays recently, Apocalypse Now, Dr. Zhivago, uh, Thin Red Line, these two. These are movies – these are like – they realize that collectors out there want these movies. And I think they realize now that Blu-ray is a collector's format, more so than, than DVD ever was. DVD was – and a lot of people would buy them because they were cheap and it was nice to have and they were impulse buys. But I think they realized that Blu-ray, people who buy Blu-rays are really serious about it. So get some serious movies and make them available. Well, also don't forget, you know, uh, Blu-ray will be the format for 3D TV, re- 3D releases. And there are a bunch of those coming out. But I got to tell you, and we're, we haven't talked about it yet because Open Season is on 3D Blu-ray. We got that. I, I haven't checked it out yet because I've got to go over to somebody else's house to actually get the 3D effect. But I don't know how many people are really going to be into 3D Blu-ray. Uh, that would be zero, unless, yeah. unless 3D TV gets traction. I don't think it will. I, don't, I really don't. I'm not buying it right now either. I'm not buying it for another 10 years. All right, Mark, may I blow through some, uh, some obscure stuff at the top yes, of the show? Yes, I'll just uh, sit here and surf the net while you blow through obscure stuff. I'm going to blow through, uh, through some obscure stuff. Mark never lets me talk about this stuff, so I'm going to make it real quick. If you're a fan of Gigi Allen, you're a sick human being. You're a really sick, deranged person. Gigi Allen, just one of the most awful human beings the music industry ever knew. Uh, but some people seem to think that his just self, self-defecating, and I mean that not as a pun, literally, uh, he, this is just a horrible man. So anyway, um, this is Gigi Allen and the AIDS Brigade, live in Boston, 1989. Not my kind of thing, but wow, if you like this just sick, 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 sick stuff, have at it. But uh, Gigi Allen, boy, that guy, that was – he was a piece of work, I got to tell you. Uh, a little bit more my speed is Twisted Sister, live at Wacken, the reunion. Yeah, we're not going to take it. Oh, I, that was, that's still one of the best videos of all time. It really is. Just terrific. Anyway, this is you know this was a, a 2003 concert uh, that sort of resurrected Twisted Sister for a generation that didn't remember them from uh, the 1980s, and uh, I, it's just an awful lot of fun. They still have it. They're they're as good as they ever were, and uh, you forget sometimes they had a lot of other songs that were really good, uh, and they play them all here. What you don't know. Uh, in the beginning, you can't stop rock and roll. The fire still burns. A lot of really fun stuff. So this is uh, this is terrific, and it comes with a DVD and a CD, live, past, and present, which has uh, performances from 1980, 82, and the Wacken performance in Germany, 2003. So uh, definitely check that out if you're a Twisted Sister fan. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about some other sick stuff that Mark is going to actually probably want after I talk about it. Because uh, you just didn't know we got all this good stuff. The Nikatsu Roman Porno Trailer Collection. What oh, do you think about that, God. Mark? You know what? Thank God we're talking about that. This is from Impulse Pictures. Come you, on. You will really talk about anything they send us. No, I, I set all this stuff aside. I have a whole pile here on this. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to sit back and, and hear you make this interesting. You do that. Well, well it's because Nikatsu, you know, which is like the oldest studio in the world, uh, the original Japanese uh, studio. They uh, they had these uh, in the 1960s. They had this Roman porno like softcore string of movies, and Japanese Roman porno films are just insane. Anyway, this is a collection of the trailers for those films. They are hilarious, hysterical, and you even get a uh, bonus short film here called Ryoko's Lesbian Flight. I'm telling you, this stuff will knock you flat. It is so funny. Sex Hunter, Sex Fiend, Rape. Um, female teacher in front of the students. I love it from behind. New company girls, nine to five. Nurse diary. 
uh, nurse's dormitory, uh, painful bliss, a surprise twist. This stuff will just slay you. Um, it's sick, but it's funny. Similarly, we have Scream Queens Illustrated Swimsuit Sensations Knockout Workout Double Feature. You want this one too, don't you, Mark? No. <laughs> okay. Well, Swimsuit Sensations uh, and Knockout Workout are um, – how do I put this? Um, it's basically just a horror film vixens um, – Doing what their fans expect them to do. Let's just say no one's going to actually get this knockout workout to uh, to do any exercise routines. They just won't. But uh, you know what? It's it's campy. It's silly. It's awfully it's awfully awfully fun. Um, can't say I, I wholeheartedly recommend it, but it's amusing if you if you happen to come across it. Then you get uh, Carol Gar- Carol Carr and Melissa Moore in Scream Dream. You like this one, Mark? Are you, gonna, are you into this? No. Okay. Well, maybe not. Anyway, um, this is uh, this is just a straight up kind of uh, nudie horror film, low budget, really, really silly. But uh, if you're a fan of Carol Carr or Melissa Moore, you'll enjoy it. This is for people who um, want to pretend that they actually uh, are watching a legitimate movie, even though they're just watching it for pure titillation. Now, a little bit more serious, Mark. This is more serious here is Radley Metzger's score on, on Blu-ray. On Blu-ray? Yes. The uncensored version. Now, you know Radley Metzger. That's Mr. and Mrs. Metzger's kid. No, nah, come on. Radley Metzger is a, a legend of exploitation filmmaking. Uh, and this is, a, this is a film from 1972 that uh, Radley Metzger made kind of when he was... I mean, Radley Metzger sort of stitches the 60s to the 70s. And uh, he, w- he made... I wouldn't, they're, they're basically sexploitation films, but they sort of have graduated beyond the 60s, and they complement a lot of what Russ Meyer was doing during the same period. They are not entirely to be dismissed. And uh, the audio commentary on this, this is on Blu-ray, and it looks terrific. I mean, it looks really, really good. And it's because Radley Metzger took a lot of pride in the way that his films were made. And so, believe it or not, this is an exploitation film that deserves to be on Blu-ray. It is, uh, it is a terrific transfer. It has uh, seven minutes of uh, additional scenes that were originally cut because they were too risque. And some great behind-the-scenes stuff, including a new interview with Lynn Lowry. But the best thing about this is an audio commentary track with Radley Metzger and Michael Bowen. You remember Michael Bowen, Mark? Michael Bowen? Yes. That's Mr. and Mrs. Bowen's kid. No, it's not. You remember Schlock, The Secret History of American Movies? Oh, yeah. Which I produced and our buddy Ray yeah, Green. Yeah, he's super cool. Michael Bowen was one of our interview subjects. Yes. Because Michael Bowen is uh, Doris Wishman's biographer. So we spent many hours with Michael Bowen. And he is a, he's a great interview and he does a ter- – I mean he's really a bright guy. He knows this world inside out. And it's an excellent, excellent commentary. Uh, Radley Metzger and Michael Bowen telling you everything you need to know about score, which comes right from that, that swinger era and uh, – it's a, it's a it's a pretty terrific film. It really is. It's one of those films that transcends its genre. It's not just an exploitation film. Uh, Secrets of Sex. This is from Synapse. This is also from that uh, very same era, just a few years earlier, 1969. Uh, this was directed by Anthony Balch, and uh, it's it's pretty silly, pretty cheesy, but uh, it's basically a. Um, it's kind of a Mondo film, sort of. It takes you on a tour of uh, the Battle of the Sexes, courtesy of a talking mummy. Uh, really silly, really campy. Got a pretty good audio commentary with uh, Richard Gordon and uh, Tom Weaver. Kind of a similar commentary to the previous one, exploitation filmmaker, who in this case a producer, and uh, a pundit. But, uh, it, 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 you know, if, you, if you're kind of watching all these films that I'm talking about in their... Uh, in just one long marathon, just getting your nudie cutie on from the 60s and 70s. It, it's, it'll, it'll do the trick. Then we've got uh, Rare Cult Cinema. This is a 12-film collection courtesy of Mill Creek. Uh, they do a lot of these compilations. These are, uh, some of these are okay, some of these are cheesy, but it's, you know, it's cheap and it's 12 films all in one set. The Young Graduates, The Specialist, Secret File, Hollywood, Indian Paint, Death Row Game Show, which is really hilarious, and that's from the 80s, believe it or not. Uh, African Safari from 1968, which is not not bad either. Uh, My Mom's a Werewolf, 1989, uh, and Road to Nashville, 1967, which actually has Johnny Cash and uh, Waylon Jennings in it, believe it or not. It's uh, kind of a, a like a real movie. That's a country music movie. It's a it's a real movie. So 
a lot of a lot of fun people in this too, including uh, oh, I won't tell you. There's some there's some real real uh, TV stars in this one. TV stars. Mark. Wait, I'm just surfing the net while you uh, move along. Also from Impulse, the classic Latin erotica collection, Porno. You ever seen Porno, Mark? I mean, the movie as called a, Porno. As, as a thing or as no, that particular? No, the movie titled Porno. I have not. It's a, it's a Latin uh, nudie cutie. It's, uh, it's not very good, but it, it, it falls in with all, of, all this stuff I'm talking about. So it's, it's worth including. Check that out from Impulse. And then uh, lastly but not leastly is Stripped Naked. It's stripped naked, Mark. You're going to see this one, aren't you? God, what's happening on Drudge Report? Let's go to Drudge Report. Oh, yeah, you know what? Let's okay. go to Huffington well, anyway, Post. Let's see what's this happening is, there. This is, <laughs> this is one of these really – this is a cheesy movie about an exotic dancer who uh, gets involved in a stolen cash deal. And it wants to be kind of – this is a Canadian film. It actually kind of wants to be a modern uh, sexploitation movie with a lot of cheese and camp. It doesn't entirely pull it off, but uh, fans of the genre will certainly appreciate that it's kind of a throwback. It's a, it's a recent film, and it wants to be a cheesy 60s film. It just doesn't quite manage it. So you've got to admire those films from the 60s and the early 70s because they actually did something that modern-day films can't emulate, Mark. 3D. No. No. They, oh, forget well, I'm it. sorry. Wait, uh, I was just waking up. I'm That's sorry. Right. I was dreaming That's about right. uh, 3D TV because I love it so much. <laughs> Okay, so uh, documentaries. What? Uh huh. What docu- happened? Documentaries or television? You, you, your, your call. Uh, let's do DocuVision. Ah, DocuVision. <laughs> uh, well, do, do television. I said DocuVision because yeah. I knew it would freak you out. It did kind of. Thirty something. The final season. Thirty something is the uh, show that was uh, created by Edward Zwick, who of course went on to direct Glory and all sorts of uh, films that are really melodramatic and overheated, but I do tend to like them. And uh, Marshall Herskovich. And this movie was a big deal back in the 80s. This was a real, serious, uh, character-rich story of uh, 30-somethings hooking up and getting married. It was a very realistic show for its time. You know what's depressing to me is that when this show was on, I was in my 20s, and I was thinking, wow, is that what it's going to be like when I'm in my 30s? And, uh, well, you know, needless to say, I'm not in my 30s anymore. And I I look and I go, wow, that was never my life. Well, because this, because this is all about marriage, divorce, hooking up, drama. I, I feel like I'm still looking forward to my thirty somethings. <laughs> exactly, you're 130 yeah. somethings. Yeah. Anyway, there's 23 episodes. Uh, high definition masters look just fine, and uh, there are uh, no extras. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there That's is a great a, show. Well, there is an introduction by Ed Zwick, but who cares? I, and I have to say this: even though Ed Zwick has the big uh, directing career, Marshall Herskovitz is a better director. And I say that Jack the Bear. Did you ever see Jack the Bear with Danny DeVito? Oh, come on. Really? Honestly, that is a great film. Really? That is a great, great, great film. It's, it's, I think that's an unbelievably underrated movie. I really do. Uh, Californication, third season, this Showtime series that has helped people forget that David Duchovny was ever on The X-Files. Uh, it really has. It, I'm always amazed when actors who should have been typecast in a long-running part can somehow manufacture an entirely new career in a different series. I mean, that never used to happen. It never used to happen. William Shatner becoming T.J. Hooker was like, how did that happen? You this, know? But, you know, Duchovny's a weird guy. He, he's been in a couple films. He's yeah. not that great in movies. He doesn't really have that movie star thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what to, you know what, I, I don't know hey, what to make of Duchovny. Bravo. I mean, he's fine, and he works, and God love him, but it's not like, he's, he's wow, win, it's he, Duchovny. But he's winning awards for this, and, it's, and he's gritty, and he's grungy in this, and uh, it's really giving him a chance to stretch as an actor. Uh, you know, he's he's a, basically he's a, a university professor here who's, uh, you know, got, who's who's got a libido and he's got an attitude and it's uh, it's a, a nice edgy show. Showtime's doing a real good job competing now with HBO for these uh, these off network, uh, ris- more risque, more edgy shows. It's very good. It has a very good cast and it's very very well written. Some interesting uh, special features here. There's a blooper reel. It's pretty funny. Um, and then they include they include in the extras here is um, uh, interesting some episodes from another series called The Tudors. Mark, why do they do that? Because they want you to watch the episodes of The Tudors and say, oh, "I gotta buy that." Yeah, it's also got a couple episodes uh, from the United States of Terra, which I really fight liking. But we'll talk about that when we get into the United States of, uh, of Terra when we start review that the next time we get a season in. Anyway, uh, good show. Speaking of good show, we have season one of Men of a Certain Age. This is a, a TNT show which has a good cast, including uh, Ray Romano and a real departure from uh, the sitcom he had. Scott Bakula and Andre Brower. I'm a big Andre Brower fan. I, I like him in more dramatic, intense stuff. 
because he's very commanding. This is more of a kind of a comedy drama thing about a bunch of 40-somethings, men who were uh, kind of uh, approaching midlife. And it's a good show. MetLife? You mean the, the Snoopy thing? It's the company you keep. That's awesome. They're, what are they approaching them for? A sponsor for our show. What? That's cool. I like um, MetLife. Anyway, so good a man of a certain company. age, um, it's on uh, – well, it's, the DVD is coming out to uh, promote season two, which is on Mondays on TNT. Uh, but it's a good show if you want to see uh, what your uh, fathers are thinking, <laughs> basically. So here's the thing, Mark. When When – Back when we were younger, that idiotic miniseries that then became a full-blown series called V. No, it, was the, it ruled. She, so, ate the, she ate the rat. Oh, my gosh. I was awesome. I so hated that oh, show. Oh, I loved that show. You know why I hated it? She Here, ate the rat. Here's why I hated it. I hated it because the second that it came on the air, I was like, this is cheesy sci-fi. This is just because sci-fi is now all the rage in the 80s, and they're just doing cheese. They're just, they're just going just lame. Awesome. And, and the giant spaceship settling over all the, uh, in the, the Earth, I just thought, you're just ripping off Childhood's End. That's all you're doing. You're just ripping off Arthur C. Clarke in a really bad, cheesy way. That was one of my favorite books as a kid. It's a great book. Childhood's End. Oh, my gosh. In fact, it is book. right now, that book is in my bedroom. You know, I, in my uh, bookcase. I think I got mine signed by Arthur C. Clarke. You did not. I, did. I got 2010 signed by Arthur C. Clarke. I have 2061. And I have 2001 signed by Arthur C. Clarke. I can't remember if I had him really? signed Childhood's End as well. Interesting. Yeah. That was at a change of Hobbit in, uh, in Santa Monica. Oh, I remember that store. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Fanboy regret now. <laughs> anyway. A wasted youth caring about <laughs> Star Trek and uh, – Red is the lost uh, Yeah, you know, yeah. I, Santa Monica High School used to walk over to a change of Hobbit during lunch and just like read Star Trek books, and then walk back over into class. I gotta Google that store, see if anybody yeah. has it. Yeah, it doesn't Maybe exist anymore. Pictures of it or something. Anyway, uh, well, we're talking about V, and V, of course, has recently been resurrected, and uh, the first season of the new V, uh, well, is being released as they always do, to and sort of anticipate the second season. So they're releasing the the Blu-ray and the DVD of V getting people ready for another season of this resurrected show. What they're trying to do with it is sort of the same thing that they did with Battlestar Galactica, which is take something that has a bit of a cheese factor in its history and uh, from another generation and, and give it a new spin for a new generation. It's you know not the most creative and original thing to do, but given what they did with Battlestar Galactica and how successful it was, I guess it sort of makes sense. I'm not a fan of the new series either, but it certainly gives it a more uh, an edgier twist than, uh, than the 80s original. Um, but boy, I'll tell you, it still drives me crazy. They rip off Childhood's End. That the giant spaceship settling over major cities thing is just straight out of Childhood's End, and they just shouldn't do it. They owe money to Arthur C. Clarke. This is three discs, twelve episodes in season one, and uh, a lot of interesting extras here. Um, even if you don't like the show, like I don't, but uh, the and the actor's journey from human to V is pretty decent featurette stuff. Uh, cast members talking about uh, how they approach their characters and whatnot. It, it, it is above and beyond the usual EPK stuff. And then the visual effects of V, which is really quite good. They uh, get into how um, Zoic Studios gives the show such a high-tech look, which would otherwise be completely uh, impossible and unaffordable. And uh, you get some uh, interesting commentary on episode 11, Fruition, which I guess is one of the, the better episodes of the season, with the executive producers. So uh, that's V. It looks good on Blu-ray, if you like the show. I don't know that it looks that much better than the DVD, but it's there it is. All right, wait. I, I, I'm going to just digress and, and, and talk about something no one cares about. Go ahead. Now, this is an article from the LA Times from October 16th, 1988. And this mentions that Sherry Gottlieb is founder and owner of A Change of Hobbit, yes. one of the largest and oldest science fiction and fantasy bookstores in the world. The building in Santa Monica that has housed A Change of Hobbit for half of its 16 years is for sale, and the shop's lease runs out in the spring. Mm-hmm. She, uh, Gottlieb says she must raise $40,000 for moving expenses or her store yep. is doomed. At the yep. time, she had gotten uh, a bunch of help from Clive Barker, Ray Bradbury, Dean Coons. Uh, to help out, but unfortunately, it doesn't it, mention in this it, article. But unfortunately, the show, uh, the uh, it didn't store work. obviously uh, went down. No, it, uh, it. They originally were on Westwood Boulevard for ages in a little space, and then they moved into that great space on Lincoln in Santa Monica, where they were for a number of years. Cool decor, and they had a lot of great book signings in the back room, which is where I, you know, saw Douglas Adams and Arthur C. Clarke, and. Then that lease ran out. It's a golf store now or some such crap. And then they moved over to 2nd Street for about a minute and a half and uh, couldn't survive there. A Change of Hobbit was born February 1st, 1972 in a 12-by-15-foot room above a laundromat in Westwood. Yep. It later moved to Westwood Boulevard. Yep. 
Wow. And eight years ago, which would be 1980, to its present site on a nondescript strip of Lincoln Boulevard among yeah. auto repair shops and fast food drive-ins. Yep. That's where it was when God, I was in high school. I remember that story. Yeah, sad. All right. Well, anyway, let's finish TV, Mark. Mark? Yes. TV. What happened? We're finishing television. Okay. Uh, the Fugitive, Wade. Yeah. The final season, volume one. God, we hate that. The fourth <laughs> and final season, volume one of The Fugitive. This is, of course, uh, uh, David uh, Jansen. Uh, They're even doing that with the, with the Harry Potter films now. Part one of the final movie. Gosh, Terrible. duh. Now, of course, at the end of season uh, four, um, uh, uh, G- Lieutenant Gerard, played by Barry Morse, actually catches the fugitive and kills him. I love Barry Morse because he was on Space 1999. Oh, yes, he was. By the way, Wade and I were talking before our Stupid for Movie show. I've seen some screen captures that compare the DVD, the previous Space 1999 DVD with the new Space 1999 Blu-ray. And, and, it's, and it's out. It's been out for a week, and they haven't sent it to us, and I'm, I'm going to rage at them right now. So, uh, Wade, talk, Wade, talk, I've, talk seen, I've, I've seen the screen. Are, are you emailing them now? Yeah, I'm going to email them right now. You really are, aren't you? Yep. I've seen the uh, screen captures that compare the DVD with the Blu-ray of Space 1999 revelation so good the new space 1999 blu-rays look fantastic uh also on uh, dvd is 90210 the final season a lot of final seasons uh this week and uh this is the usual gang jenny garth ian Ziering, and uh, luke perry tori spelling it's funny how many of these people actually are still famous Jenny Garth, moderately famous. Luke Perry, kind of famous. Tori Spelling has her own reality show. Brian Austin Green is uh, sleeping with uh, Megan Fox. God freaking bastard. Uh, Ian Ziering, uh, whatever. Lindsay Price, don't remember her. And Vincent Young, don't know who that is. And Daniel Cosgrove. Oh, and Vanessa Marcel. She's still, uh, she's still a hot girl. Anyway, six discs, 25 episodes. This is the 10th and final season of the show. There's a special feature on this thing called The Final Goodbye, which is kind of, uh, kind of uh, mailed in. But uh, there you go. Two final seasons this is this for you. Fugitive nice. and 90210. Uh, and by the way, you really emailed them right now. I did. While I was talking, Yep. you emailed them. Yes, I did. Space 1999. I said, get on it. You said, send two is what you yeah, said. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. I did. Did you really? Yeah. Send two? Yep. They'll never send I two. Did. I know. Yeah. They never do, but you know, I'm on it. I'm, I'm on it. I'm trying. I'm working it. Thank you very much. We have some legendary journalists who have uh, done some amazing work here. This is on the Athena line, which is uh, the it's sort of the educational end of, uh, of Acorn Media. And uh, this is some really, really good stuff here. We've got uh, Bill Moyers on Faith and Reason. Uh, Bill Moyers, Genesis, A Living Conversation. And uh, 20th Century Politics and Presidents with Mike Wallace. Now, anything with Mike Wallace and Bill Moyers just screams instant legitimacy. And uh, these are this, the Athena is an educational line. This is basically designed for students and for schools to get you educated, to get you through school so that you don't come out and like an idiot. Uh, and basically, the, the 20th Century Politics and Presidents with Mike Wallace is outstanding. This was originally seen on A&E and on the History Channel. And uh, it comes with a viewer's guide. And it, it just – Mike Wallace knows this history like nobody else and somehow makes it vibrant and exciting and uh, what he does is he basically hosts this compilation of broadcast nuggets that, uh, that are interspersed with interviews, and he just leads you through really some of the best television, particularly, you know, it's like CBS, uh, legendary CBS journalism with Walter Cronkite, Roger Mudd, Edward R. Murrow. Um, it's, it's pretty impressive stuff. So um, Mike Wallace gives you a look at the 20th century like you have never had before. Um, the two Bill Moyers uh, sets, which were originally broadcast on PBS, Bill Moyers is just, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like him, but I'll tell you, he really, he knows how to probe something down to its core. Um, religion in the, in the wake of 9-11 has become a kind of a big deal, and so he decides in On Faith and Reason to get at the root of how is religion going to integrate into our world in uh, the post-9-11 world, and are we going to see more and more anxiety and more and more clashes and conflicts between religions or is there a way of making this part of a new better world can we you know live with religion and have religion and science work together it's uh, it's just fascinating and he talks to the most amazing experts and uh, gets the greatest people to just give their insights and you will uh, you will leave enriched and then genesis a living conversation is uh, is a nice complement to that. He gets uh, into the essence of this book of the Bible that is at the root of the three major Abrahamic religions, which represent billions of people around the world. Why has this story's uh, story in Genesis sort of become? Why has it persisted? 
and uh, why do so many people disagree about the details? It's uh, it's really interesting. Even if you're not a person of faith, even if you don't believe the if you whether you think the Bible is true or a figment of someone's imagination or allegory, it's uh, it's provocative and it's great. Uh, it's really great newsman stuff. No, you're not what? talking about that. Why? We have all these new movies, okay. Wade. New movies. Now we're not talking about trapped in an elevator. We're talking about new movies that people care about. All right, let's do it. Shall I read some uh, listener mail first? What? what? Listener mail. Got a few listener mail things. Let's here. do it. All right. Uh, Adam Steinbacher writes us about. We were talking about Alexander Desplat, whose work has kind of been dwindling of late. And he says, uh, "You guys had me cracking up out loud again at work while I listen to uh, and watch stupid for movies." Thanks for that. My coworkers are getting a real kick out of me because they'll hear me laughing amidst total silence in the office. And that was even before Chad Vader came on. See, we got people watching stupid for movies as well. He said, uh, just thought I'd ask what you thought of that super top secret score you heard the other night that was composed by Alexander Desplat. I myself am a bit of a Harry Potter nerd, so I'm aware that The Deathly Hallows is the film he most recently scored. I'm going to go for a long shot here and guess The Deathly Hallows was the top secret film you saw that you both said you couldn't talk about during the episode. Actually, no. That wasn't. Well, tell us what it is. What? What movie did you see? The top secret movie? Yes. What was it? I, I can't talk about it yet. Because then it wouldn't be top secret. Yeah, it wouldn't be top secret. <laughs> uh, he says, I have to say, I couldn't agree with you. I agree with you about the direction of Desplat's work. I sampled a clip of every piece of the score on Amazon.co.uk, uh, and I'll be totally honest, I couldn't discern one track from another. You know, it's, uh, see, it's, it's just really, really unfortunate. Um, yeah, no, we, we haven't heard anything, though, on the movie, but uh, I, I am looking forward to... Um, to Deathly Hallows as much as anybody else, I guess, you know. Uh, the last one was fine. It was dark. I like what Yates is doing as a director. Uh, John Lusty writes us and said, Heard your question on episode 164 about how your listeners are getting rid of their HD DVD collections. I kept all the ones that were flip discs with the DVD on one side and HD DVD on the other. The rest I posted at swapadvd.com and moved them all. Uh, spent the credits I earned on other media like CDs at CD. Dot com. Didn't even know about those sites. And then another one writes us on the same subject. This is Mike Rollerson. says, I was an early adopter of HD DVD right when it came out. After calling Best Buy every day for weeks, I finally found a Toshiba HDA1 player in stock for the low price of only $499. Not only was the unit expensive, it was gigantic and had two to three minute load times to start the player or load discs. Uh, wow, that's just crazy. And then uh, the discs themselves wound up being 40 bucks. I did like the format, though, and over the years bought about 200 discs at most at cl- mostly closeout prices, kept all of my discs, and stocked up on players as they were being liquidated. $20 a piece, I'll take five, uh, just to protect my collection in case my main player died. I've transitioned some of my movies to Blu-ray. Uh, if a better version would, I, well, I, I have transitioned some of my movies from HD DVD to Blu-ray if a better version was released, but HD DVD still has a number of titles that never made it to Blu-ray. Universal Warner have announced most of them coming out, but when they're using the same transfer or encode, it's hard to pay 20 or 30 bucks for Blu-ray when the exact same disc is in HD DVD format for 249 shipped from Amazon. It's allowed me to pick up some great titles in HD for less than what the DVD would cost. I like the format, had its shortcomings, but it holds up today. It's funny. I know a lot of people who right up to the end would not get rid of their beta collections. Well, beta was always the uh, it was the better format. I know. I know. And then lastly, Joe Everett, again, jumps on that same subject, says, Hiya, gods, in response to your recent HD DVD inquiry, I've recently bought some of them because they are the only HD format for some films. Sneakers, Smokey and the Bandit, The Breakup, and The Sting were all released HD DVD but have yet to see the light of day on Blu-ray. By the way, I recently rehooked my HD DVD player and every disc worked perfectly without any firmware updates at all. I'm talking to you, Blu-ray. Uh, and he says, you, Mark, Barnes & Noble is having their Criterion sale again this month. I just I I bought two. I bought two eight. I know you did. I bought, um, I bought Paths of Glory for nineteen ninety nine and Breathless. I did. I really did. You are a mensch. You are a mensch. I'll tell you that. You're a mensch. Have I told you? You're a mensch? Yes, you have. And then lastly, uh, Tian N says, Hey, did you God start listening to your podcast recently? And I have to write in to tell you guys how much I love it. You guys are really knowledgeable and always give good insight into the world of DVD. Just wondering, at what age did Wade and Mark get interested in movies? I'm close to being 20, and I'm enjoying Gone with the Wind and The Godfather on DVD, while my friends think that Gamer and Law-Abiding Citizen are great. Kill your friends. 
Also, I saw one of your videos on YouTube and was shocked that Wade didn't like both Hulk films. To me, the first Hulk film was not great, but The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton blew me away. Maybe explain to me a little why you didn't like it. Thanks. Looking forward to your reply. First off, the reason I like the Hulk films because the Hulk CGI. I hate CGI. When a guy turns into a CGI creature, you've lost me. Um, so I just I just can't handle big big green CGI monsters. There's just nothing invested there. Wait, can I tell you something? Yeah. Before you continue, yes. Answering the letter, yes. Now I have a story to tell. Go ahead, tell. Very a story. short story. Doesn't really go anywhere. So it's not really even a novella. It's a short story. And it doesn't go anywhere. Okay. But this is the only chance I'll ever have to bring this up. In my condo building, we just had our roof replaced. I say, wow, Mark oh, had nice. his roof replaced okay. in the condo building. Who cares, right? Well, here's the thing. I go up to the roof, meet the foreman. He introduces me to a couple of the guys. And there's this guy in his 50s, huge barrel-chested guy in his 50s with, the, with like the short-cropped hair that's been dyed red, super-duper tan. And I introduced myself to this guy. And you know who that guy was? He was Lou Ferrigno's stunt double on the Incredible Hulk TV show. No kidding. Lou Ferrigno had to have a stunt double? Yes. Wow. And this guy who was working on my condo roof, the, he wasn't wearing a shirt, so you knew that he was like super barrel-chested, totally tanned. And he was in his 50s. In fact, he was 58. He was 58 years old. In fact, the foreman said to me, you see him? I forgot his name. You see him? Guy's 58 years old. Guy looked amazing. He looks totally ripped, huge chest, short cropped hair, dyed, definitely dyed red. Nice guy. But you, but when, when the foreman said that this guy used to be the stunt double for the Hulk, I was like, you know That's what? That's pretty sweet. That makes sense. Pretty sweet. Yes, it does. That's my wow. Hulk story. Anyway, awesome. to answer his question, I got into movies pretty much um, – as a teenager with the whole sci-fi thing. I was totally into the Star Treks and the, and the uh, Indiana Jones and the Star Wars yeah. and the ETs. That's where I like learned to love movies. I, I, you know, I was into movies from birth. My father had worked for Warner Brothers. I, my father had been you know, a, a speech and drama coach in the golden years. He trained silent film actors to, become, uh, to talk for the talkies. My father had acted in a silent film. So I grew up hearing the stories of Betty Davis and my father's students like Alan Ladd and Rita Hayworth. And Rita Hayworth's father had been the dancing instructor at my father's school. And, you know, so I, it was in my blood from the beginning. But I, like you, sort of fell into the fanboy thing. I, I was an early Star Trek nut for television. And then when, you know, it was like Jaws, Star Wars, Close Encounters, Superman, Star Trek Motion Picture, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Blade Runner. Boom, by the 80s, I was done. It was over. <laughs> you know, I was addicted. And yet you still okay. like stuff like The Sound of Music. I do. I do. All right, Mark. New movies. I got one here. You got one there. Yes, I do. You're a fan of that film. I, I, didn't, I, am. I didn't see it. I didn't know I am. I didn't, did not know I was a fan of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah. You know, I was not a fan of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World I because – No. You know what my problem with the movie is? Um, uh, you can't fault the imagination. You can't fault the effort. Uh, this thing is conceptualized within an inch of its life, and there is some funny stuff in it, but in the end, I just didn't care. Because when a movie is all about just the attitude, and it's about the effects, and it's about you know all the video game icons and graphics on the screen, you know, ultimately, I just want to... And you can have all that stuff. That stuff's fine. But in the end, do I care about Scott Pilgrim? I don't. Because part of it is that Michael Sarah, uh, I, I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm losing it. I'm losing it with Michael Sarah. I think I, he's a one-note guy. Yeah. He can only do that like, de- de- like that detached, ironic, nerdy, shy thing, and that's all he ever does. So I'm not invested in him. There's some funny stuff with, with – funnily enough, there's some really funny stuff with Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Who plays? Uh, uh, who's going to play Captain America in the new movie? Even and, though he's already been in the Fantastic Four, that's really screwing up my comic book world. Yeah, with the same fa- actor, like Nick, like we got Ryan Reynolds was a character in uh, in Wolverine, and now he's going to be Green Lantern. He's crossing over from Marvel over to to DC. We're using the same guys playing different superheroes. It's scaring me. If Christian Bale plays Superman, I, my brain will not be able to handle that. Yeah, but the Fantastic Four movies really suck. Yeah, I know. But uh, also, so Chris Evans really funny in his uh, his uh, uh, vignette in the movie, and also funny Brandon Routh, who plays Superman. Yeah, also funny. So you know what? Obviously, uh, I'm going to get emails at gods at digigods.com saying this, this that is Blu-ray and DVD in one set, right? Yes, yeah. saying that I'm, I'm I'm out of touch and I don't get it, and it's it's, it's hipster cool and it's, it's it's totally rad and stuff and junk, and the way you all like does stuff and junk, and it's all cool and stuff and junk, and you know I don't really necessarily like movies that are all cool and stuff and junk. Um, I like all the 
bells and whistles that are fine, but ultimately I just want to care about the character. A uh, bunch of exclusives on the Blu-ray, making ofs, um, how to be a sex bomb, bomb mm. which is the name of the band that they're in. Visual effects, uh, an adult swim thing called Scott Pilgrim versus the animation. So, you know, there's stuff going on in the Blu-ray. And if you dig it, go get it. But I just wasn't a fan. Uh, you know what I'm not a fan of, Mark? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it just because it's Criterion. And I would feel guilty if I actually got rid of a Criterion. Lars von Trier's Antichrist on Blu-ray. I, here's, here's the thing, Wade. I am a Lars von Trier's apologist. I, know I like Lars von Trier. But you know what? With Antichrist, lost me. Off the rails. He went off the grid. Off the grid. <laughs> this, this movie, it, it actually won an award at the Cannes Film Festival last year for um, Charlotte Gainsbourg, won Best Actress. Yeah, you know what? You know why? That, that, that's almost like giving her a purple heart. It is. It really, <laughs> it really is. You know? That's combat. That's combat pay right there. This is, here's the thing about Antichrist. Lars von Trier has gone away from his dogma insanity, that just stupid... Which did, I liked. I like I, all that stuff. I hate all that crap. Breaking the waves. Break my head. Dumb movie. Stupid. Dumb thing. Can't stand all that crap. But he's gone away from that back to his hyper-stylized origins, which, you know, the element of crime and Zentropa. And he made some cool movies originally. And this is very stylized. The black and white stuff at the beginning of this is gorgeous. And on Blu-ray is dazzling. I mean, dazzling. You know, when the kid dies and all that stuff, beautifully done. But the rest of the movie is just horrible. It's like taking an Ingmar Bergman movie and, you know, any movie, pretty much any time a Scandinavian filmmaker makes a movie where two people go off to a cabin in the woods, it's not going to have a happy ending. I'm just saying. Oh, this doesn't just not have a happy ending. But but Ingmar Bergman made like three of those, you know, remote cabin in the woods movies like Hour of the Wolf, one of the ones that I just can't stand. It's horrible. But this is just insane. Basically, she is stricken with grief over the death of the child, and, they, and they're out in the cabin, and Willem Dafoe is her husband. And, you know, by the end of the movie, she's, like, drilling holes in his leg, and she's attaching a, way, a millstone. It's insane. It's nuts. This movie's out of control. It's like it's sadism. Well, why don't you it's tell aggressively people, hating the audience? Why don't you tell people, or uh, to be more accurate, why don't you not tell people what happens at the very, very end? Oh, you mean that macro close-up of the self-inflicted clitorectomy? Yes. Good freaking grief. What the the hell is he thinking? You know who should have starred in that movie? It's unbelievable. David Spade. Yeah, absolutely. But he did star in... Grown-ups. Mark, this is a dumb movie. Somebody out there just said, oh my gosh, look, we've got a window in everyone's schedules. We can get Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Chris Rock, David Spade, and Rob Schneider all to be in a movie together. But we've got to start shooting like on May 15th, and we're, we're going to lose uh, David Spade on uh, like, like six weeks later, and we're going to lose Adam Sandler a week after that. Can we th- think up something? Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I know of a dumb script called Grown Ups where they all get to play like uh, old buddies who get back together again years after. And yeah, blah, 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 blah. yeah, but wait, there's heart. Oh, there so isn't. It just isn't. It's, it's, again, this is the same problem I have with so many comedies now, which is they think up a bunch of gags and then they lay them out and they pour in some contrived story like uh, concrete into a mold and let it flow around all these contrived gags. It's not a movie. The worst thing is it's directed by Dennis Dugan, who's directed a number of Sandler films before. They're he all is terrible. He's the worst. Awful. Started his miserable career with uh, Problem Child. And I got to tell you, Dennis Dugan is an actor. Richie Brockelman, I liked him. As a director, horrible. Go he, back to acting. I agree. But, but you, you know what? He, he, he's hooked himself up with Adam uh, Sandler. Yeah, he has. Well... Blu-ray and DVD uh, together with digital copy, of course. You can always count on that digital copy there. Uh, And uh, not much by way of special features, bloopers and gags and and featurette stuff and, uh, you know, BFD Live. Worth it on Blu-ray? No. Rent it on DVD. Get it out of your system. You'll be done. Uh, Love Ranch, Mark, on Blu-ray. This is a fascinating story that's not that well done. Uh, Taylor Hackford uh, finally got together with his wife, Helen Mirren, the Oscar-winning actress, and decided to make a movie together. And uh, I wish it were a better movie. I wish it were, you know, their best work separately or together, but it's not. This is uh, Joe Pesci and Helen Mirren play a real-life couple, um, Grace and Charlie Bontempo, who actually opened the first legal brothel in Nevada, and it's the story of their tumultuous relationship and all of the uh, the big soap opera that went on behind the scenes to keep it open, and uh, 
it, it, you know what? The movie is well-intentioned and decent enough and fits and starts to not bore you, but it, this story really deserves a better movie, and I'm just sorry that it isn't. But it's on Blu-ray, and uh, Joe Pesci, you know, is, he's Joe Pesci, and Helen Mirren is Helen Mirren, and they're, they're good even when the movie's not that good. So it's probably worth a rent, I would guess. Uh, Taylor Hackford gives a, a decent audio commentary, and uh, you have a few deleted scenes as well. Mark, did you ever see The Red Baron? Uh, great aerial stuff in this movie. It's great aerial stuff, but not much else is that great. That is true. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Fiennes and uh, Till Schweiger and Lena Headey are in this, uh, but it is Matthias Schweighofer as the Red Baron who uh, really has to command the screen. I think he's decent. There is really good aerial stuff, very good special effects, but it just doesn't quite work for me. So... I don't know, but it's on Blu-ray from uh, Monterey, and uh, Monterey is doing a pretty good job with Blu-ray. I gotta say, it, this is a this is a good transfer. I think it looks better than the movie looked when it was projected. So, uh, yeah, I, I give them give them kudos for that. Um, Hunt to Kill. I don't know why I'm even mentioning this, but I'm gonna make a quick mention of it. CD, uh, CD, DVD, and Blu-ray for Hunt to Kill. Uh, this is just Steve Austin trying to exploit his uh, newfound fame. A man the... barely alive? No, not that Steve Austin. This is uh, Savage Steve Austin, the, the wrestler who now, thanks to the Expendables, has kind of a new lease on a career, even though he's not really one of the Expendables. He's the bad guy in the movie. But this is Anchor Bay, uh, Blu-ray and DVD, uh, with Steve Austin as a Border Patrol agent uh, who goes all Death Wish and Dirty Harry on a, uh, on a bunch of fugitives while he's up in Montana trying to straighten his daughter out. Uh, this is it's got a lot of cliches in it and it's got believe it or not somebody else from the Expendables Eric Roberts uh, doing his usual shtick you know it's perfectly fine for fans of this genre it's not very good but you know it's uh, it's like it's almost like an Avi Lerner special except it's not it's from the Nasser people who are sort of like Avi Lerner's competitors Wade Altitude. Altitude. Altitude is a movie uh, with a bunch of nobodies. It's um, essentially it's about this uh, group of teenagers who are on a plane, a small plane, and the plane goes out of control, and it's climbing and climbing and climbing, and it's uh, they're trapped in the plane with some some crazy, deadly, supernatural force. What could it be, Wade? If you look at the Blu-ray cover, you'll pretty much know kind of what it looks like. Uh, some kind of friggin' alien some octopus s- thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, straight-to-DVD type stuff. This is really a no-name cast. And um, it's obviously uh, done in very small quarters, which is a way to save money. It's all on a plane. And uh, it's all these hot CW kids. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's bad times all around. A couple special features, but you won't care because you'll never see it. Because it's not very good. Now, uh, get your testosterone on with Lockdown. Now, Lockdown is uh, one of these MMA movies. It stars a bunch of uh, MMA stars. And I don't really like the MMA. I don't get it. Um, I think it's just a bunch of guys just pummeling the crap out of each other. Even that's though they, exactly what it is. That's all there is to like. Even though they try to make it look like, oh, no, it's art, there's artistry involved. No, you know what? Look, there's no artistry involved. They, they, they get there's like all this you know biker gang iconography and they, they step into this oh, square there's, there's circle artistry. there's artistry I'm iconography a, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint your face red man that's exactly with your that's own it. blood that's it um, you know Kimbo Slice is in this thing and uh, Vinnie Jones is also in this thing and uh, you know it's just <sighs> I know I know I, I feel for you Although somehow they stretched it out to 99 minutes, and that's very good because normally a movie like this would be like 89 minutes. Anyway, uh, if you're an MMA fan, go for it. This is obviously a way to uh, break these guys out into a uh, larger uh, venue, meaning DVDs, but I just don't get it. I am going to say something very strange right now. I actually am a defender of Charlie St. Cloud. Uh, This is the Zac Efron movie that tanked, and nobody liked it, and it got ripped to shreds. Uh, But I liked it. I liked it. I thought it had heart. It felt like a little bit of an afternoon special, like a, like an after-school special. But, it, it, you know what? It was earnest enough, and uh, I think Burr Steers 
did a good enough job with it. And this is the first, like, real movie that Burr Steers has made, first non-kind of silly romantic comedy thing, trying to do a little bit more of a serious thing, and I appreciated that. I think it's a very good commentary by Steers. The film is really good on Blu-ray. It looks, it's very well photographed, so the Blu-ray really kind of shimmers. See it on DVD as a rental if you have to, but for those who kind of really like it, Zac Efron is a real actor. I mean, he does a very good job here. Basically about a kid who's, um, whose younger brother dies, and he just can't leave town or sort of restart his life until this girl enters his life. And um, the girl, I got to tell you, is a dead ringer for a young Molly Ringwald. Uh, it, it's, it's just unbelievable how... Uh, her name's Amanda Crew, and she is... I mean, she's Molly Ringwald reincarnated. It's unbelievable. It's really scary. But uh, great supporting performances by Kim Basinger and Ray Liotta, and it's got a lot of heart, and it's, I, I liked it. I'm going to tell you that. I liked it. So there's also an offer that comes with this. Uh, when you get the, um, the, uh, the Blu-ray, not the DVD, but the Blu-ray, you can instantly stream a bonus movie. So uh, if that means anything to you, definitely check out the Blu-ray. Yes, yes, I know. These are these actually are a little delayed. We should have gotten these a while back, but uh, Mark's ooing these. But we finally have Blu-rays of Highlander and Highlander 2. Now, Highlander 2 is basically crap. Uh, Highlander 1 is a legendary film, which I was able to enjoy the, the hype surrounding it because it was released. I was living in France when it was released, and Christopher Lambert was a megastar in France at the time. So this was like Star Wars redux. This is, uh, of course, the story of Immortals. If you've seen the TV show or any of the umpteen movies that they have made, you know exactly what it's about. Uh, Scottish Highlands, guys become immortals and follow them through history to the present day. Um, the movie flips back and forth. Russell Mulcahy was the director, one of the first guys to make the leap from music videos to stylish movies. His career has not th- uh, really blossomed in recent years. He's kind of um, fallen off the off the map. But it's nice to see this. This is really one of the one of the great, um, kind of one of the one of the the big films of the 80s and uh, one of the few big fanboy films of the 80s and uh, it's you know it's worth uh, it's worth checking out the uh, this is by the way the director's cut and uh, there uh, there's a typo on the back which indicates that this is a film from 1996 sorry 1986 big mistake but um, you know that's just me being picky I guess good score by Michael Kamen by the way uh, very, very good on Blu-ray. Highlander 2, I just can't get with it. I think it's, uh, I think it's silly. I think it stretches the thing way too far. And uh, Mulcahy also directed this, but you can tell he's just doing it for the paycheck. He's got boat payments. Wait, I'm talking about this because I'm taking it. Okay. Uh, Three Kings, which is a, just a terrific, terrific David O. Russell film. In fact, I don't know what happened to David O. Russell after he made this film. Uh, but this is one of uh, George Clooney's first first real breakouts as an actor. It's uh, George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, Ice Cube. This is all about the uh, first Gulf War. It's a it's a really unique mix of uh, action and comedy and war, and it's just a very unique film and really well done, Three Kings. It's on Blu-ray. The Blu-ray looks great. The movie was very stylistically shot. There's a bunch of bleached and uh, processed colors in here, and it all looks good. And the blacks look good, too. And all of, all of, if not most of, the special features that were available on the DVD has been transferred over to the uh, Blu-ray. This was shot by, Thomas New- uh, uh, shot by uh, Newton Thomas Siegel, who's very, very talented. And uh, this is good stuff. Three Kings on Blu-ray. You might want to go ahead and upgrade if you're a big fan of the movie. If not, I would definitely rent it because uh, it's a war film with a great cast. Again, Mark Wahlberg, Ice Cube, George Clooney. And it's just really terrific. Mark, we're going to uh, talk about one more movie to tie, wrap all this up. This is a huge deal, and uh, it's kind of there's a there's a caveat to this. One of the all-time best movies of the 1970s from 1975 is Lies My Father Told Me. This is this is a terrific film. It's kind of a cult film. It's uh, basically uh, a coming-of-age story set in the uh, in, in the Jewish immigrant community of 1920s Montreal. And uh, I saw this on a... a, It was just a weird accident. I was a kid in elementary school. We were supposed to see a Shakespearean uh, series at a local theater, and the print didn't arrive. So instead, they whipped out their their print from the closet of lies my father told me. 
And this is a great movie. This is a really great movie. Same kind of era as The Godfather and all of those other movies that have that same nostalgic sheen. Unfortunately, this is only available in Canada. The American rights are apparently tied up. So Ergo Media, who's been trying to get this restored and out on the market for a number of years, I mean many years, they, um, uh, they're distributing this in Canada. Now, if you want to get more information on it, go to www.liesmyfathertoldmedvd.com. And uh, get more information on it there. But uh, as you know, if you can get a hold of Canadian DVDs, uh, get this right now because it's not coming out here for quite a while. Uh, no American distributor has picked up the rights. So with that, we're done. Mark, uh, what else? Well, we got stupid for movies at stupidformovies.com. Please like us on our Facebook page. That's it. And that's it. See you next week.